And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament book of Acts. The New Testament book of Acts, and we're going to start in chapter number 13. The, the New Testament book of Acts in chapter number 13. We are working and finishing up to a close of this little mini-series of, of the vision of the work that God has given us a work to do. And we need to be clear about what God has given us to do and be active about trying to fulfill it. Now with it, we have tried to take a, a week for each one of these little subjects within the work. We talked about the Great Commission. We spent a week on soul winning. We spent a week talking about discipleship. We spent a week talking about uh, ministry duos with the idea of discipleship and becoming a servant. Now we're talking this week, putting an emphasis on missions itself. What is the idea of missions? What is our part in missions? How can we help? What are we supposed to do? And we have to start by, first of all, defining our terms. What is a missionary? What is it that we expect missionaries to do? And like always, we want to have a biblically defensible position. So in order to do that, we have to see what does the Bible say? And so if you wouldn't mind, let's start in the book of Acts chapter number 13. Acts 13, and notice with me starting in verse 1. Acts 13 in verse 1, the Bible says this. Now there were in the certain church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manan, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in Acts 13 in verse number 2? Acts 13 in verse number 2, notice the phrase, the work whereunto I've called them. The work whereunto I've called them. And with the Lord's help, I'd like to preach that the work of God is our mission. The work of God is our mission. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come up to you now, I'm just asking that you would just once again open up your scriptures, that you would make it clear, you would make it simple, and of course make it biblical as we just try to understand what is a missionary, what is a missionary supposed to do, that we would be able to have clarity, that we'd be able to learn it in such a way that we could easily take it and explain it to someone else. Lord, help us to be involved in what you want us to be involved with. Help us to take our place in the great work that you would have us to do. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There seems to be a lot of confusion about what are missionaries, what are missions, what, what, do, we, what do missionaries do? And, and as I've explained before, some people say, if you were to ask different people, even in this room, you may have some definitions that may be close, but some that may differ from each other in different details or whatever else. What is a missionary? Some people say, well, a missionary is someone who goes to a foreign field and tries to work with uh, native people. Some people say, well, a missionary is anyone who goes out and proclaims the gospel. Someone may say, well, a missionary is anyone who does any kind of work 
out of seas or overseas. Maybe they're building houses or they're running huts or doing or building things. Some people uh, may say, no, no, no. A missionary is anyone who just goes out as a representative for Christ. So if they do something nice for something, you know, and smile bit real big, then they'll have, uh, then they're a missionary. Someone actually was raising support. They said that their mission was to go to the public restrooms of all of America and write the gospel on all the bathroom walls as graffiti. So that way when you go to the restroom, you had something nice to read instead of all the vulgar things. And they wanted some people to raise up support or to give them support, give them money from the churches so they can go throughout all of America and do that. Is that what a missionary is? Is that what missions are? Well, we want to see what the Bible says. What is the work of missions? What is the work that God has given to do? Notice if you wouldn't mind in Acts 13 verse 1, it says, now there was in a certain, uh, in the church that was in Antioch. So this is the church of Antioch, which by the way, after the church of Jerusalem was the most influential church in the New Testament. There are two major churches, Jerusalem and Antioch. Antioch ended up being the premier church as an example of missions, as an example of evangelism, as an example of keeping the scriptures, an example of everything else. It is the Antioch line that we look forward to, especially since Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD, that it was Antioch that took its place as being the example and the premier church. Now, inside of this church, there were a bunch of teachers, a bunch of prophets, uh, different people there that had been teaching and that had been grown and that had been taught and had been prepared for the ministry. And out of all of the people who were able to do something, verse number two, as they ministered, so remember last week we talked about that you have to start serving first and then God will guide you. This is what's happening. They're all serving, they're all ministering. And out of these, God picked some. Notice, as they ministered to the Lord fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereinto I have called them. So as they're praying, as they're leading, God made it clear to not just the people, but the church that God wanted Saul and God wanted Barnabas and he wanted them to do a special work. Now, verse 3, and when they, the church had fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. This is an ordination service. They are putting their official uh, blessing. Now, there's nothing magical. There's nothing mystical. They're just making a public display that they have confidence in these men and that they're sending these men out to do a special work. Verse number four. So they, Paul and Barnabas, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. Now, notice this. In verse number three, it said that the church sent them. Verse number four, the Holy Ghost sent them. So who sent Paul and Barnabas? Both of them. That the Holy Ghost called them and sent them. And the church, remember it works through the local church, sent them under their authority. And they went out, departed to Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. So here in Acts Chapter 13, the very beginning, they are sent forth to do a work. Now turn with me to Acts 14. At the very end of Acts 14, so we have in Acts 13 and 14, the first missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas. They go out and they go do the work. Notice at the end of Acts 14, and let's hit verse 26. Acts 14, verse 26. And then sailed to Antioch, 
from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they had come, they had gathered the church together and rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode a long time with the disciples. So in verse number 26, Paul and Barnabas return back and it says that they fulfilled the work that God wanted them to do. So in the beginning of chapter 13, they were sent to do a work. At the end of chapter 14, they fulfilled the work and they reported back to their local church where they were sent out of, of, gave a report in person. And so logically, we can assume that somewhere between chapter 13 and chapter 14, we should be able to see what is the work of God. Does that make sense? So they were sent out to do a work. Then in the end of 14, they fulfilled the work. So what is the work of God? Well, if you wouldn't mind, let me show you what is the work of God? What is a missionary supposed to do? Notice with me in verse 21, and I'll show you the first thing. And when they preached the gospel to the city. The very first thing a missionary is to do is to preach the gospel. The very first thing a missionary is to do is to preach the gospel. Well, let's further define our terms. What is the gospel? According to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel is the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What they're supposed to do is try to tell people about the Lord and get them saved. It is the Lord that saves them. They're supposed to tell them that they're a sinner and because of their sin that they offended a holy, righteous God and they deserve separation and punishment. But God loved them so much that he sent forth his son to die for them and they must personally ask Jesus to be their savior. So the very first thing that a missionary is supposed to do is preach the gospel. Now that goes without saying, but the very first thing that a missionary is to do is to preach the gospel. They are to give the gospel to all the people wherever they're at. Notice if you wouldn't mind in the same verse, the second thing that a missionary is to do. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many. Notice the second thing they do. And they taught many. They taught many. This is what we call discipleship. They began to disciple the people. It wasn't enough that they led the people to the Lord, but they took responsibility to teach the people how to follow after him. Remember, I define discipleship as developing the habit of obedience to Christ. Everything we do in the Christian life is habits. You get in the habit of going to church. You get in the habit of reading your Bible. You get in the habit of praying. You get in the habit of tithing. You get in the habit of of being a faithful witness. These are good habits to build. And part of it is what they did is they began to teach the people, this is what you're supposed to do. You know, if you don't know you're supposed to do it, you're not going to do it. And so they didn't want to just say, all right, you're saved now, good luck. But these people took the time, these missionaries took the time to teach people how to follow the Lord. And so the first thing a missionary was to do is they go out and preach the gospel. The second thing, they taught many. They began to disciple them. Notice if you wouldn't mind, in verse number 22, we see something else. 
Uh, let's hit verse 21 for context and get a good running start. And when they preached the gospel to the city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. The third thing that they did is they confirmed the souls of the disciples. What does this mean here? This carries the idea that they provided accountability. They provided the idea of accountability. They were making sure that the disciples were obedient. You know, we all need accountability. Accountability helps us to become obedient. If someone said that they don't do what you expect, they do what you inspect. You know, if you know you're going to be checked on it, you're going to do it a little bit better. You're going to make sure it's done. But if you don't check on it, eh, it's no big deal. Everyone needs accountability. You know what accountability does? It helps us to get in the habit of doing things. For example, in discipleship, what we do is we provide accountability to someone. Hey, are you reading your Bible? Hey, have you been praying? Hey, have you been a faithful tither? Have you been showing up to church? Those are good things to help people develop the habit. You know, there are a lot of good people that aren't evil, that not mean. They just don't have the habit of going to church. They say, you know, I'm going to make it to church. I'm going to make it to church. And then on Sunday morning, their alarm rings and they go, and they turn it off and go back to sleep. It doesn't mean that they're evil or mean. They just haven't developed the habit of going to church. But if they know that someone's going to miss them, doesn't that help them up? You know, if someone's starting to come to church and they don't make it and someone gives them a call and say, hey, we missed you. Are you all right? Are you sick? Is anything going on? That helps someone become accountable and say, you know what? Someone does care if I'm there or not. That's just accountability. I'm in physical therapy. I have tremendous back problems. Um, and uh, they're trying to show me exercises and stretches and all the fun stuff. And they want me to do it all the time. And to be honest, I haven't had the habit of doing them lately. You know, or before I started going to physical therapy, I didn't have the stretches. I had to be taught the stretches. I had to be taught how to do them properly and not do it my way and do it their way and do it the way that's going to help me. And, and it's taken a while to develop the habit. When they were saying, do you still think you need to go through physical therapy? And I said, yeah, it's still helpful. And they say, why? What's the best thing it's done? Provided accountability because I know I'm going to have to say, did you do your exercises? You know, yes or no. I need that account. Everyone needs accountability. We're not super Christians as soon as you get saved. Just like when a baby's born, they're not immediately 30 years old and know everything. There's a process there. You know what you do with kids? You help provide boundaries and habits and help them develop these things in their life. Well, that's what we do with Christians. We want to provide accountability. So when they confirmed the souls of the saints, they went back and checked on them and said, how are you doing? For what purpose? Notice as it goes on in verse 22. Confirming the souls of the saints and exhorting, that means encouraging them to continue in the faith. That through much, uh, through much tribulation, we must enter... Um, Sorry, that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. You know what that means? The Christian life isn't easy. If the Christian life was easy, we'd all live it, right? <laughs> we all get through hard times. Isn't there days that you wake up and you don't feel like reading your Bible? 
Isn't there days you wake up and you feel, don't feel like talking to God? Isn't there days that you know you're not right with God and you don't want to talk with God because you, has there ever been a time where you wanted to be angry? You know, you know you shouldn't be, but you want to be angry. You don't want anyone to take that away from you. There are times that we're just not right. But we have to be encouraged because it's not always easy to serve God. It's not always easy to read your Bible. It's not always easy to show up to church. It's not always easy to pass out a track. But we need that encouragement. We need that reminder that it's not easy, but you're going to do it anyways. Develop the habit. Keep going. Keep going. You know, if going to the gym was easy, we'd all do it, right? If uh, running seven miles was easy, we'd all do it. But there's going to be challenges. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be things. And we need that accountability. We need someone loving enough to check on us, to, to provide it, to make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We need that to help continue. You know, it's... <clears throat> Have you ever seen someone who's naturally compliant? There's some people who are naturally compliant. They do what they're supposed to do. But there's a difference between compliant and submissive. It's all a matter of the heart. You want to see if someone was compliant or submissive, you remove authority away and see how they respond. You may have a teenager who looks like a good teenager, but as soon as they remove authority, they go crazy and they go do everything you didn't expect them to do. That's because they weren't submitted. They were just compliant. Well, we need that accountability to develop the habit of it until it becomes a matter of the heart rather than just doing it because I have to. And that's what we're trying to carry. There are times someone may come to me and say, Preacher, my child, they don't want to read your, the Bible. We'll make them do it anyways. But shouldn't they want to? Oh, yeah, that's what we're trying to bring them to. But make them do it anyways until finally God gets a hold of their heart and they want to read it for themselves. You say, what about a new Christian? Yeah, do the same thing. Get them in the habit of doing it. Until God takes over and they do it because they want to. But if, they're not, if they don't start, they're not going to do it. They need that account. No, it's not being mean and it's not lording over the faith. I don't like going to the church over there. They just make me read my Bible. You know, we're not, <laughs> we're not big ogres. We're not whatever. We're trying to help people and people need accountability. We all need that accountability. And especially as young Christians, so what are the missionaries doing? They go over there and they reach people with the gospel. Then they teach them through discipleship, and then they, could, they confirm the souls of the saints. They provide accountability. So what's a fourth thing? What else do the missionaries do over there? Notice verse 23. And when they ordained them elders in every church. The fourth thing they did is they ordained them elders. They ordained elders. Now, what does this mean? An elder is a synonymous term with a pastor. In the Bible, they have pastor, bishop, uh, shepherd, um, elder. These are all synonymous terms, terms that mean the same thing. And so what a missionary does as he goes off to a foreign field, he begins to teach them with the gospel. He provides uh, discipleship and gives them accountability until he trains someone to take the church over. You see, when we send American missionaries over, the goal is not for them to have a big mega church. The goal is for them to teach a national to take the church for them. That's the goal is we want to teach people to reach their own people. 
we were at an ordination service for um, someone in Brazil, uh, going to Brazil. You know what we expect this man to go into Brazil to do? We expect him to go and preach the gospel. We expect him to disciple and teach the people. We expect him to, com- uh, to provide accountability. Then what we do is we expect him to be able to train and to glean and to bring up someone to take that church over who is a native Brazilian who can go reach their people. A native person can reach their own people more effectively than an outsider. That's how it works. That we need to train and raise people up to reach their own people. And this is what a missionary is to do. He's not there to stay. He's there to work himself out of a job. He's there to train someone to take the work. By the way, it's not just for missionaries, but it's for anyone. Any pastor who's been in a, in a, in a ministry for a certain amount of time, especially 15, 20 years, and if they have not trained someone to take over the work just in case, they messed up somewhere. Or something's gone wrong. Something that, you know, something somewhere is wrong. Now, I understand that there's sometimes the things that went wrong is not the pastor. It may be just the church and it's dying on its own. But that's what a pastor is supposed to be doing is constantly training people. So that way, if the pastor uh, dies, the church doesn't die. If the pastor leaves, the church doesn't die and collapse on itself. But it's able to continue on. That's exactly what they're supposed to do is teaching. We're trying to make it so it continues on. All right, so notice again, verse 21. So when they preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciple and exhorting them to continue in the faith that we... Uh, that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, notice this last one, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. This is the last thing. They commended them to the Lord. The word commended has the idea of removing your hands. So what they did is these missionaries would go, they would win them to the Lord, they would teach them, provide accountability. They would, from this crop, they would get a national that they would train to take over the work. Then the missionaries will take their hands off and walk away. By the way, that is much harder to do than what you expect. You want to know how hard it is? The word commend, that same idea of taking your hands off, is the same picture that we get when Jochebed, Moses' mother, took a little baby by the name of Moses. And what she did in order to save his life, she put him in the river in a little basket, uh, a waterproof basket. And what did Jochebed do? She took her hands off. It was no longer her responsibility. She did not know what would happen to that child. She didn't like say, you know what? I think Pharaoh's daughter's over there. Let me give this a little shove over here. She did not do that. She took her hands off not knowing what would happen. She said, God, you're going to have to take care of him. It's, I, I can't do it. It's no longer my responsibility. I have to take my hands off. Don't you imagine that's the hardest thing she'd ever do? Especially you mothers. Can you mothers imagine having to give up your child and take your hands off of and say, God or someone else, you are now responsible for them and that you no longer have a say what happens in their life to take your hands off of? 
For a pastor, that's a hard thing to do. And by the way, this is where some American missions fail because they don't take their hands off of it. Each church is to become self-supporting and self-autonomous, meaning they are supposed to support themselves with their own giving, and they're supposed to be autonomous, uh, meaning self-governing, meaning what happens is that they govern themselves. When American missions go over, we're to try to work and to help the native, help the nationals to to be able to self-support themselves with their own tithes and offerings. Sometimes that means they don't get a building as nice as this. They need to get a building that is part of their culture. They don't need American money to support and keep that church going. They need to be able to be trained to take care of it themselves. They need to be trained that the, the national pastor is going to become the pastor, not with a missionary pulling the strings in the back. It doesn't mean that he can't ask advice. That's not what we're talking about. But it's the idea that the pastor does, not, or the missionary, when he takes his hands off of, he has to trust that he's trained that missionary well enough. He's got to trust that God is going to take care of his own house and let them go through and learn on their own. It's kind of like when you're training a kid on a bicycle. You got the training wheels, but there's a time when you're riding beside them that you're going to have to let your hands off and let them ride. And if they fall, they fall. Teach them to get back up. But you have to learn to take your hands off of. By the way, the same thing happened here. We had a, a church planter who started a church. He led people to the Lord. He tried to teach them, tried to get them to walk on their own. And then the hardest thing he has ever done in his life is he had to take his hands off and trust me not to wreck the ship. Now, that's a frightening thing. It was, you know, he only knew me a couple months and that was over the phone and stuff. And he had to trust that God was leading the thing. But that's exactly what a missionary is to do. And what are they supposed to do when they take their hands off of? They go somewhere else and do the same exact thing. If you want to know what a missionary is, if we want to simplify what they are, they're an itinerant church planter. An itinerant, meaning they travel from place to place. An itinerant church planter. An itinerant church planter. So it could be an itinerant church planter in America. It could be an itinerant church planter and and out of America. But wherever they are, they are to go win people to the Lord, disciple them, provide accountability, ordain elders or train someone to take that work and then take their hands off and go somewhere else and do it again. That's what a missionary is. That's pretty simple, isn't it? By the way, isn't that exactly what the Bible said, verse by verse by verse? I mean, that's a simple way of putting it. And we have to be careful because there's a lot of things that disguise itself as missions that's not true missions. Now, there's mission supports, and we're thankful for them, that they go alongside and help provide some things. But we need to be careful about what we're describing and be aware of what's going on. For example, if someone did come in and say, hey, we want to write graffiti in all the bathroom walls, we probably don't want to give our missions finances for that. If someone really felt led to do that, that should probably go through the local church and make it a local church ministry 
Though I don't even think they should do that either. But I'm saying that we need to be careful because there are some things that need to be taken care of through the local church. And there are things that are missions based and we have to be careful and be aware of what they are and be an understanding of it. But we all need to understand what a missionary is because if we're supporting missionaries as a church, meaning that we ourselves are giving money and that we're using that money to support a person, we should know what we expect from them. What are we expecting them to do? We're expecting them to go out and tell people about the Lord, disciple them, give them accountability, train up someone to take that work, take their hands off of, and go do another church. The Apostle Paul, it was said that he started over a hundred churches. That was a church planter. Now God put his hand on him in a special way, but this is what he did everywhere. He would win people to the Lord. He would disciple them. He would train them. He would try to put someone in charge. By the way, sometimes he left Timothy behind to purposely to say, all right, I got to go start another church. Timothy, you train up a pastor and ordain them and then go find me when you're done. And so they worked as missionary teams and there's no, that's more biblical than just sending out a couple is to go out with missionary teams. By the way, I think church planting should do the same thing. I'm already praying that one day God will allow us to start a church from here. And when we go, it shouldn't just be a couple people. We should send several families to go. And you go over there and you work together to go start another church. That will make that new church healthier to start off with. That's how it should be done. Um, And we have specific steps what to do, but I can't wait until I announce, we're ready to give birth. And everyone looks to my wife and I say, no, 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 the church, the church is ready to give birth. And and that we start preparing to start another church from here because that's what we should do. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. So if we're a healthy church, we should be starting new churches. Not just helping church plants, which we're fine with. We need to be giving birth to a church ourselves. And there's certain ways to do this. But as for the mission side of it, we need to know what a missionary is. And we need to know what we expect from them and what they're going to be doing in the field. That as the Bible clearly says, they are teach the gospel. Then after that, they are to teach many, confirming the souls of the saints ordain elders and then commend them to the Lord and then go and do it again. That the work of God is our mission and that we as local churches are to get involved with it by helping support missionaries to go do that same exact thing. That we can join in together. That right now we don't have the ability to go labor and go work in Bosnia. We don't have the thing to go work in Bulgaria. We don't None of us are, are hopping up and say, you know what, I'm going to spend the rest of my life over in Russia or wherever. We are to labor here. That's where God placed us. And we're supposed to be working in our area and getting ready to go. But we can send someone else on our behalf and support with them and encourage them to help do the, the gospel, uh, accomplish the gospel, accomplish the Great Commission and go out together. This is part of the Great Commission. God wants all of the world reached. And we have to be aware of what those people are supposed to be doing. The same thing we're supposed to be doing. What are we supposed to be doing in the Riverview Baptist Church? Telling people about the gospel. 
We're supposed to be teaching many, discipling them. We're to confirm the souls of the saints, provide accountability. And you know what we're supposed to do? I'm supposed to be training someone to become a pastor so we can go start another church out of here. Well, this is what we need to be engaged in. If we expect them to do that, we should be expecting the same thing of ourselves that we're doing the same thing here. And then one day when we plant a church, it's going to start as a mission where it's under the authority of the church. But one day they're going to be self-autonomous, self-governing. We're going to take our hands off of and they, their own pastor is going to be in charge and we get to go do it again. This is what we're supposed to be involved with. The work of God is our mission.